The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round one recap for this week's Valspar Championship. And joining me to break it all down, it's Kyle Porter. KP, what up? What's up, Rick? Uh, I got two questions off the top have nothing to do with golf. Well, one of them kind of does. What? So the Valspars, uh, you see the players that you see the caddies have uh, the, the nameplate on the back, and you can make it whatever you want. Yes. What would you pick if you're playing in the Valspar? What would you pick? I think I know, uh, but I, I, well, <clears throat> I mean, Rick Run Good would be pretty would be pretty smart and savvy, I think, to put on the back of it uh, for myself. But hmm, I don't know. What would you pick? I I, I thought you would pick Rick Run Good because it flows. Yeah. It is free advertising correct um, <laughs> for, although theoretically if you're playing on the tour you wouldn't have you wouldn't be like you wouldn't need to advertise although i would hope i not. guess j i guess jt and other guys put their twitter name i would probably just go i would either go with my like twitter instagram stuff or just mm-hmm. kp kp just, would to, just to, yeah yeah I love that loved the DJ. I love that DJ just went with the, the normal <laughs> Johnson, comma D. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was very, very on brand. The it second, would have been cool if uh, his if his was DJ. That would have been cool. Uh, that but that would have been very slick. Too much work for him. Yeah. It's just it's not in the he's it's not in within his like parameters of efficiency. Second <laughs> question is. Uh, have you seen any good movies recently? Wife and I are going to watch a movie tonight. What, get, give me, I, I don't, I don't even like, I don't watch movies, so I don't even know where to start. Either do I, I, I got, I can't okay. even tell you the last time I saw a movie. I'm, I'm almost scared to watch movies at this point because it's like a two hour commitment. You don't know if it's going to be good or not, at least with television series. It's like, okay, if it's a 30 minute show, it's like 22 minutes. I know whether it's, I'm going to be into this or not. It seems like too much of a commitment for things that could go sideways. So I, I can't even tell you the last movie I saw. I totally agree. Um, it feels like, yeah, it, it's just with with how little time I'm working with, I'm like, you want me to give two hours to something that I, I have no idea, like if if it's good, if I'm going to like it. If I'm going to do that, I'm just going to like read the first 50 pages of a book. If I, I, I'm almost positive the last movie I saw in a theater was probably the last movie I watched, and it was Passengers with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence, where they're like circling oh. through space. That came out in 2016, so it's been five years probably since I've watched any movie. That's what we're working so, on. So, uh, Phil Mickelson has won more recently than you've seen a movie. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, a lot of guys have. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to. I couldn't think of any. That was the first. I could have said Speed, but now it's not as funny because he won like three weeks ago. Uh, uh, should we awesome. talk about golf? 
Uh, before we do that, I have to talk about the Kentucky, <laughs> the Kentucky Derby and how Sportsline has you covered. Don't lay a wager before visiting Sportsline.com for the best racing analysis from legendary handicappers. We've got Hammer and Hank Goldberg with the inside scoop from Bob Baffert. Jody Demling has nailed nine Oaks Derby doubles. Horse racing guru Gene Menez is on the Early Edge podcast dishing out his picks and getting you up to speed on how to bet the first leg of the Triple Crown. Sportsline has you covered for everything related to Saturday's run for the roses. Now we can talk about golf because one Keegan Bradley is atop the leaderboard at Valspar, a seven under 64 in which he was bogey free. His inward nine featured a 30. He leads the field in strokes gained approach and he's doing that thing, Kyle. He gained nearly two shots with the putter, the thing we've been begging him to do for his entire career. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. I don't, I mean, you look at the top 10 and it's a lot of names that we talked about on Tuesday, right? And that, that I, I'm, I'm not like, whatever. We've sometimes know. Yeah, I, that's not what I'm saying. I think, I think it's more so like, yeah, these are the guys that you kind of expect to play well based on how they're hitting it. So I don't think that, I don't think that Keegan being seven under is, I mean, it's surprising that he would gain two strokes of the putter, right? But it's not like him and Grio and, you know, Homa's been playing good. Answers get six straight top 30s. Kokrak plays well here. It's not hugely surprising when you kind of take a look at this board. He has held the first round lead at Valspar before. He did it five years ago. He did it in 2016. He would go on in round two, KP, to shoot a 79 and miss the cut. He's on a pretty short list of golfers <laughs> to be your first round leader and eventually miss the cut. The last guy to do it, Matt Everett at the Arnold Palmer Invitational in 2020. Uh, Keegan did it in 2016 here at the Valspar. It's it's very difficult to do. I, I think, you know, the thing with Keegan, I, I watched his post round sort of interview, and he he said what you said on Tuesday, which is like, "Hey, I'm putting it better than what was the phrase that you used? Like, I'm putting as well as I ever have in my career, or whatever." Correct. Yeah, right. That's he said. said that again, and it, you you feel like he just kind of like trots out these whatever. Um, but I I think the interesting part about him specifically with this week is you start to look at this board and you're like man he's at seven under, go look at historically what number wins this tournament it's like ten twelve he's almost eight, he's almost there yeah nine and so I don't know maybe that doesn't change a ton but. And, and maybe I think it's probably playing a little bit easier this year. I looked back at Paul Casey when he won it the last two times. He shot 70 and eight in 2018. He shot 70 in 2019. And so mm. I, I think it I think this year's scoring average in round one is a little bit lower. I think it was I think it settled at what even par 71. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a fraction. Oh, it's it's essentially even par, yeah. Yeah. So I I, that's probably a little easier than, than this course normally plays. I don't know if that's because the time of year or whatever, but the point is like Keegan doesn't have to do a ton. I don't think over the next three days, easy for me to say when I'm, I'm not the first round leader, but you're just, it, it, it's, it feels different than like if you're seven under at the John Deere after round one, 
right? You're like, oh, I got to do that three more times or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So he's he's got some of these shots saved up. We'll see if he can uh, bank them for the rest of the week. A couple of big names off to slow starts. Um, well, let's start with this. Paul Casey, opening round 68, three under, almost makes an ace uh, on, I guess it was four, where the ball smacks the stick, doesn't go down. This is just Paul Casey being in contention again at Valspar. Yeah, I mean, yes, it's just kind of what you would expect. You know, he, he got up to kind of a slow start. He started on, I think he started on 10 and yeah, bogeyed 10. And you're like, oh, well, you know, maybe that miscut at, at Harbortown is meaningful. But uh, seventh from Tita Green or in the top 10, I guess, from Tita Green since the round is not over yet. And, you know, I, I think that it was interesting to read some of his stuff because he he's clearly thinking about the the winning it three times in a row. He mentioned yeah. it a, at least once, maybe a couple times, and that's it's it's just hard. Like it's so difficult to do, and this field's good. It's I think it's the best field they've had in at least a decade. Last time I looked at the at the OWGR stuff, but yeah, it was it was a good good start for him, and he's he's in position to be able to at least have a chance to do it again. Dustin Johnson opens with an even round 71. He just tapped in on 18 for par. So this round just concluded. He had three birdies, two bogeys on the front, one lone bogey on the back. If you look at his metrics, KP, nothing too spectacular. Um, Within one stroke of zero in every single category, and he's going to be right at the field average, and he's got some work to do if he wants to win this golf tournament. Yeah, he does. He I watched most of his round that was kind of the that was in the tv window and felt like every time i looked up he was just blasting a drive off to the right like just push just because he hits that you know three yard cut or whatever off the tee and it was more like a 30 yard cut it was just did you i mean did you notice that yeah, he was pretty pretty loose. It was not as tight. It was not that that nice, gentle, you know, right three yard fade that he hits normally. It was it was much bigger. <laughs> it looks like my yeah, shot. and I, <laughs> for sure, for sure, I've got that. I've got that uh, that tracer. But his his strokes hand off the tee is not that bad. Uh, you know, it, it it ended up at a little bit above average or a little bit better than kind of what the field average was. But you know, it's a course where it's just so easy to get yourself in trouble. I mean, he had to hit, I can't remember what hole, but he's way out to the right. He's got to hit like through this window. Did you see that shot? Yes. Awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. I think it was at 10 or. Um, Well, I can find out for it. I I don't know what it was, but he was, he was all of, he was literally, he never looked, what I like about it is he never looked anywhere, but that window when he got up there, he was like, it was never a question yet was on 10. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. It, it doesn't. I, I get I get scared with him because anytime you're like, well, it doesn't seem like he has it. Next day is like a 64, <laughs> and yeah. so I I never like he's the one. He's one of the few guys where you're like, this could change tomorrow. You know, this could change on Saturday. Um, but based on what I watched in round one, based on kind of how he's been playing over the last month, it just doesn't. It doesn't feel like he's kind of got that number one, I'm DJ type stuff right now. The fact that 
our friends over at William Hill are still listing him at 25 to one show you exactly how they feel yeah. and what he could shoot yeah. on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, because that's a pretty outrageous number for a guy who's seven shots back. The birthday boy, Justin Thomas starts his birthday with an Eagle on one, a birdie on two. And I'm thinking, Oh boy, here we go. We're getting one yeah. of these rounds. He goes out in three under, he plays his second nine at one over. So he played essentially uh, his final 16 holes at even par. No, less than worse than that. One over after starting his first two holes at three under. Probably not the round uh, JT would have liked after that start, but two under is going to be just fine heading into Friday. Yeah, it is fine. And even better for him, uh, it was all due to the putter, right? He's like 150th right now in putting. And he he does this a lot. I, I don't... Uh, he, there are probably other guys that do it as much, but he'll do this thing. He did it at Memphis last year. Remember where he's, uh, was it? Mem- he won Memphis last year, right? Yeah. He won Memphis as a, as a negative putter. He did it at the, he did it at uh, TPC Sawgrass in March where he'll put, he'll put terribly, terribly, terribly. And then all of a sudden for nine holes or 18 holes, it'll turn over and he yeah. shoots like a 30 and you're like, Oh, he's, but you, that's why, that's why the numbers are important. You know, people make fun of us or whatever, but like you, you have to look at like, okay, how's this guy putting versus how's he hitting it? I was looking at Abraham answer stuff. It's a little concerning. Like he's, he was my pick to win. And he was like, I think the best putter in the field on Thursday didn't hit it well at all. And I go read his transcript and he's like, Hey, I didn't hit it well at all. And you're like, (laughs) yeah, that, that adds up. And so I think that stuff is interesting. Not just, it's interesting because how's the tournament going to play out, but it's also interesting for, you know, wagering purposes and, 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 just kind of what you're it, it it's it's meaningful stuff and i think for jt it's a he's in a good spot because he's he's hitting it or at least on thursday he hit it awesome and he got nothing out of it right he just got he just was terrible with his putter I completely agree with that. Speaking of wagering purposes, we're going to look at the odds via our friends at William Hill, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. And we're back. The NFL draft has arrived and the Pick 6 podcast is your audio outlet for immediate reactions for picks from Trevor Lawrence to Mr. Irrelevant. Want to know how your team fared each night of the draft? The Pick 6 crew will analyze all selections, dishing out winners and losers as well as team by team grades. Follow the 6 picks. Wow, that's hard to say. Follow the Pick 6 podcast wherever you find this one. Our friends over at hey. William Hill. Yes. Sorry. No. 
please. Uh, I had a JT thing real quick. Hit me. Do you know what his prox? Do you know what his proximity to the hole was on the front nine? No, because I don't look at those stats. Uh, <laughs> are you anti-proximity? No, I'm not. I just am like so deep into the strokes gates. I, I like the proximity stuff better than a lot of other things. So no, I'm not anti. I'm just like, I'm like a five out of 10 excitement on proximity. Uh, 16 feet average. That's dirty. So 12 I, I mean, feet, 12 like feet, 30, feet. 30 would be 30. like the best on tour, right? <laughs> yeah. 16 is a joke. He hit uh seven of nine greens i i just i don't know i'm still in the jt stuff we can move on but i i think that if you're looking at we let's talk about it as it relates to the the odds here perfect he's 12 to 1 he is 12 to 1 he is going to be five shots back but keegan has a two-shot cushion so there are not as many guys as you would normally see being five shots back between justin thomas and the current leader keegan is eight to one which normally i mean that's i i think this is interesting we we would normally see an 18 hole leader shorter than this we usually see him in the three four five range uh, odds makers not giving a lot of love to keegan here abraham answer and emiliano grillo are the are the other two that round out the shortest guys answer looks toxic to me for the reasons that you mentioned uh it is all done with the putter i'm terrified about it uh but jt is very interesting here at 12 to 1 the 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 hard part about those three guys at the top keegan answer grio there you you i don't know they don't win a ton i guess keegan sort of does but like it's do we have is does producer jacob have the odds that we can look at here maybe Maybe if you're watching on YouTube. Anyway, <laughs> the guys at the top. So so listen to this top six. So you got Keegan, Grio, Ryan Moore, Hank Lobiota, Homa, and Patton Kazire. There's not a ton of win equity there. No. Right? There's there's nobody in there that you're like, oh, that guy wins a ton. Maybe maybe Keegan, I I guess. I, I don't I don't know. Um and so I think that's why you look at somebody like JT, who yes, he's five back, but Man, the guys in front of him, Paul Casey's in front of him. That's, you know, that's probably a problem. Kisner's in front of him. Do you think it's interesting that Casey, yeah, Casey's a shot closer to the top and uh, four points longer. He's 16 to one while JT is 12 to one. Yeah, but JT is like the best player in the world. He he definitely is. Casey's like the best player at this course. True. And I think if you're looking at value, I think Casey at 16 is better than JT at 12. But I think it's I think it's some JT respect and name recognition. You know, I think if you're going to you almost have to bet JT right now, if, if you like that, and you like where things are going, because if he does go out and after two rounds, he's a zero putter, which means he gets he's going to gain two and a half strokes putting on Friday. He's probably going to shoot something low, probably maybe the low round of the day and you're not going to get anywhere near this number heading into the weekend for a guy who is a prolific winner. So if you think that this is one of those weeks where JT can get it back, he can have that nine hole stretch where he makes everything and and the lid opens up for him. You kind of got to get it now. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Because even like if he Homa. puts poorly, even if he puts poorly and he's in content like, and he's just a couple back on the weekend, yeah. this number gets shorter. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Homa. I mean, I think, I think, I think JT is, is, I think it's a joke how good he is from T to green. Like when he's hitting it well off the tee, like his iron play is, it's a, it's, it's outrageous how 
precise and and we saw that at Sawgrass over the weekend when he shoots whatever it was 66 65 mm-hmm. and when he's feeling it it's just like every sh- I mean his distance control everything is just so precise it's unreal I like Homa at 14 to 1 uh, he had a bad stretch, ten and eleven, where he made a couple of bogeys. But I don't know, man. I I think that I think that Homa is somebody who, when I think about, okay, I was going to ask Dottie Pepper this, but who's like over the first quarter of this year, I guess first third of this year, whose view have I changed, or or who have I changed my viewpoint the most on? I think Homa is in that conversation, right? I I mean, yeah, speed yeah, is he- like. Speeth is weird because you're like I I don't that's like a bigger thing, but just from like a like a trajectory standpoint, I think I think Homa's it for me. Well, Homa wasn't well, yeah, because he probably wasn't even really in your view out like when it comes to like actually contending in golf tournaments, and then he goes out and he wins at Riviera, which is a phenomenal win. He contends a lot more places. That's that's probably the right answer. Yeah, I, I I really I think that he's one of those guys that it's just it takes five, six, seven, eight years to kind of to kind of adjust and to assimilate to the to being a top 30 type guy, top 50 type guy. And I think he's I think he's there. I, I really do. And uh yeah, I'm I'm excited about what he could do on the weekend. I think 14 for him is is pretty good. Sung J too at 14. Yeah, he made bogey on his last two holes, which was unfortunate. Otherwise, he was um, he was hitting his irons a lot better, which is which is the blueprint that we laid out for Sungjae. So I'm interested in him as well. We'll be back after round two, after round three, and after round four of the Valspar Championship, breaking it all down. But for now, let me thank producer Jacob doing all the hard work behind the scenes. Let me thank Kyle Porter, who you can find on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time.